Analytics 2.24, the master said, sacrificing to ancestral spirits other than one's own is being unctuous. To see, to understand what is E, righteous, but fail to do that, is to be lacking in courage. So this is the last one of book two, and it's, it's kind of um, hanging off of the chap of the of the book, in my opinion. Um, at least the way it's translated, um, it's not very fluid. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about the uh, sort of symmetry uh, that's in these two statements. So the first one is about doing something you're not supposed to do. And the second one is about failing to do what you should be doing. And so there's that kind of symmetry with, uh, with there. Uh, so let's look at the first part. This might, uh, this incident about um, the situation about sacrificing to ancestral spirits other than one's own. Um, I guess the place to start here is to recognize that uh, there is something that is translated as ancestor worship in ancient uh, Chinese practices. And indeed, uh, some form of ancestor worship is not unique to the Chinese people or even to East Asian people. It's something that we find all across the world. Um, in Confucian philosophy, uh, there's no claim as to whether or not the ancestors still exist in non-corporeal form. Uh, that if, you know, are these uh, disembodied spirits that can listen to you, that can bless you? There's no claim regarding that. That is um, something that uh, Shunza seems to say is simply a superstition. Um, but, but, Historically, a lot of uh, among the common people, you have people who actually believe that the, uh, their mothers or fathers or their grandfathers and grand, uh, you know, their ancestors are in some sort of spirit form, listening to their pleas and and guiding them and blessing them. And so that's that's a very common kind of belief among commoners. But Confucianism is. Um, uh, that's not a, a rude belief, uh, necessarily. Um, so um, when we have uh, Christians, Christian missionaries going in and they start to get alarmed, they think, oh, this is ancestor worship. They're not uh, following the commandment to not have any other gods before them. And uh, that's largely a misunderstanding that uh, historically has caused a lot of problems. So in the Qing dynasty, the Roman Catholic Church uh, hears about this kind of memorial service for them remembering their ancestors. And they they think that this is a kind of literal worship. And so they tell all the Catholics in China to stop that. But to the Qing dynasty, to the, to the government, they think it's really um, awful that people are not remembering their ancestors. They see it as immoral. Uh, in the same way that we would, if somebody came in and told us to never bury our dead, 
to simply leave our parents' corpse just in the middle uh, of nowhere, maybe toss them in the trash, um, and have that hauled off. We would not be okay with that as a society. We would think that this is crazy. We would say that that's immoral, and we would have laws, and we do have laws that say you have to properly dispose of quote-unquote human remains. In other words, we do require a proper burial or a proper cremation that needs to be done properly. And we all agree, uh, if you're sane, we all agree this makes sense that that should be done. Now, the uh, Qing Dynasty is taking that simply a step further that not only is it important to have a funeral service, but it's also important that people um, remember their ancestors, remember who they came from, and also during the course of that ceremony, uh, reconnect with their extended family. And that's all good um, and, and helpful for people's virtue. And of course, it's also good and helpful for the family and therefore the rest of society that people do this. So that's the understanding that they have there. But the uh, you know the head of the Catholic Church, the Vatican, uh, the the the, um, the people offices, uh, they only hear this from the uh, Jesuit missionaries in the area. They only hear about this. They don't really understand what's going on, and they say, and say "Oh, this sounds like um, breaking the uh, uh, first commandment to me." Uh, so we're going to tell them to all stop that and. It's, it's really it's really terrible um, you know really unfortunate if you're a Christian you know the, there's a lot of lost souls uh, that happens as a result of this and just simply from a historical uh, and humanistic standpoint um, a lot of chaos happens because of this and and this also in the long term erodes relations between Europe and East Asia that this sort of thing is going on because Europe at the time, um, uh, equivocate morality and righteousness with uh, Christian religiosity. So, um, and that's not really fair. Uh, that's not truly fair because, uh, as anybody knows, simply because somebody is a Christian does not mean that person is a good person, and simply because somebody is a good person does not, of course, make them a Christian. Those do not always coincide. Um, uh, to many people's, uh, many religious people's chagrin. Um, so it doesn't always coincide. And, but back then that was a kind of equivocation that was fairly popular. So we have this, uh, you know, sacrificing to ancestral spirits um, thing that's been going on for a very long time. But what is this about sacrificing to, one, to spirits that are not of one's own? What's going on with that? If you go to 3.6, uh, that's only a handful of analogs later. If you go to uh, 3.6, then we have this kind of situation where um, <clears throat> the G clan, remember that's one of the three uh, powerful families in uh, the kingdom of Lu where Confucius lives. The G clan is going to perform the sacrifice, but um, they're not supposed to perform that sacrifice. That apparently is reserved for a descendant of um, the Zhou dynasty. 
in other words, um, the uh, in other words, one of the feudal lords um, is supposed to perform this uh, sacrifice. Now, um, that's what I have in my notes. Um, I am a little uh, unsure of this, of the accuracy of what uh, of my understanding here. So I'm going to have to put a little asterisk uh, here. Um, but in any case, uh, the understanding is that the G clan is not the one that's supposed to do this sacrifice. It's supposed to be somebody else. Um, supposed to be somebody else. And so um, this idea of sacrificing to someone else's ancestral spirit is unctuous, is presumptive, uh, is arrogant because um, you're aggrandizing yourself beyond what you actually, uh, where you actually come from. And furthermore, more importantly, you remember your ancestors because you have a real connection to them. Even though maybe you uh, did not spend too many years, for example, your grandparents passed when you're early age, or um, you are, we're talking about even generations past that, and you've never even met them while you're alive, you still want to recognize where you came from, you still want to think about where you came from, that's very important. A person without roots um, has uh, no flower, and a person without a past has no future. So if you are raising your children, or you yourself, you are completely disconnecting from where you came from, you'll feel psychologically very unstable, and you won't really know where your, um, uh, where your place is in the sense of where, you, where your roots are, you know? Um, so that's hard to explain. Um, if you don't understand the ways of your ancestors, you, you feel lost in the sense that you don't have people that um, share the same kind of instincts that you do. So your ancestors share the same similar instincts that you do uh, today. And so, for example, um, if your ancestors are mostly, say, I'm just going to throw this out here, French, um, you have certain instincts and what you'll see, if you don't understand that there is a country called France and people live this sort of way based off those instincts for a very long time, when you look at yourself acting in certain ways that are very different from other people who are not of French background, um, even though you weren't raised quote-unquote French, uh, you will f you'll, you'll feel alienated, you'll feel kind of isolated, you'll feel strange about yourself, you'll feel like a weird person. But then if you do see you know what French culture traditionally is and what it's about then you'll start to understand oh it's not just me you know there's a lot of other people like this out there uh, that are similar and so they might think that I'm weird but it's not only me it's, it's simply because um, that's kind of how my ancestors were and I've inherited that 
So this is kind of a little difficult to think about, but that's really why one of the big reasons you uh, honor and remember your ancestors. So you actually can realize who you are, where you come from, why you are like this, and that there's a whole way of life uh, based off of these sorts of instincts that you simply had um, growing up, but nobody told you to have, nobody instructed you to have those kinds of instincts. So uh, that may all be very kind of vague and, and abstract to you, but that's uh, the best I can uh, explain here. So, um, you know, to connect with your ancestors is very important. That's why you have these memorial services um, uh, from year to year, uh, recognizing where you came from. Because, and that's especially important in today's days. You might even live in a completely different hemisphere than that of your ancestors. And so it's important to think about your ancestors from time to time and remind yourself where your lineage came from. Okay. The second one, failing to act on what is understood to be E, righteous, uh, righteous um, moral is a want of courage. Uh, that's um, a little more straightforward. And uh, here, um, you know, the uh, Rosemont and Ames translation is really awkward here because they have it as to act, uh, how, how do they say it? Failing to act on what is seen as E is to lack courage. I don't like that because um, that phrasing implies that um, what is seen as E is correct. But what is seen as E is not as correct because what is seen as E um, implies what we're talking about is what most people think is right, what most people think is moral. However, what most people think is moral is usually not actually moral. Uh, in other words, there's no correlation with what most people believe and its veracity. We're tricked into thinking of thinking in those terms because of democracy. In order for democracy to not always end up in disaster, which you might think it might uh, be these days, um, in order for that to not be the case, we have to assume that most people usually know what's correct, that there is some kind of wisdom of the crowds and so forth. However, there's simply no correlation. Sometimes most people are correct, and sometimes they are not. This doesn't really have to do with most the nature of most people. It has to do with other things such as um, are the intelligent and knowledgeable educating the ignorant? It has more to do with that than anything else. So when the intelligent and knowledgeable are educating the ignorant and stupid, then it's more likely that the majority of people will be correct on those topics. But there's, a, there's really no such thing as the wisdom of the crowd, except in very, very uh, narrow cases. So for example, um, if you see that certain restaurants are very popular, probably they will have good food, probably. Um, if most people say that, uh, I don't know, this car has more luxurious seats, they are probably correct. But the more 
difficult judgments are, the less reliable direct perception is, the less you can rely on the feelings of the common people, the judgments of the common people. So movies, art, what most people like might not be very good. These days, most people like Marvel movies. I don't remember ever liking, uh, oh, let me put it this way, they're okay, but I never remember really enjoying a Marvel movie the way that I enjoyed, say, The Godfather um, or um, Mulholland Drive. I don't remember uh, uh, ever liking a Marvel movie quite that much because uh, it's really not that great. But they, they're very popular, and you have all these people there. They, uh, at least for a time being, they tried to watch every single Marvel movie out there, dozens and dozens, each one of these, and they liked seeing how they all connected together. Um, I don't have, uh, you know, I, I don't like it that much. Um, so they're okay to watch to me, um, but I just have nothing better to do, um, literally nothing better to do, and I'm very tired, then I might, I might watch it, but for the most part, um, I don't. So... When it comes to something that is of more um, difficulty, um, the average person doesn't really have a good sense of what is what is uh, better and worse. And that includes morality. Morality is actually very difficult to figure out. What is righteous? That's incredibly difficult. It's not something that's obvious. People always think it's, it is because they're operating at a very low basis of morality. Uh, don't steal, you know, don't stab somebody, don't get into fights. That's a, uh, or give money to the poor. That's, that's a very, very low level, low understanding of morality. Sometimes there are times when the righteous thing to do is um, not to respect somebody's property. Sometimes the righteous thing to do can be to end life. Sometimes the righteous thing to do is to say certain words, and sometimes the righteous thing to do is to be um, is to st stay with somebody, even though that person is not a really nice person to be around. So. Morality, in fact, is truly complicated. It's very difficult, it's very abstract, and it's also very complex. And so that's why uh, we have the Analects. That's why we have uh, the Shunzo. That's why we have Mencius. That's why we have all this literature and history that is also informing our moral decision-making. Um, that's why we have to study about human nature. That's why we have to cultivate ourselves. That's why we have to self-examine, self-reflect. This is why we need teachers. This is why uh, we need times of quiet to let um, our understanding settle, etc., etc. We need all this because actually being a moral and righteous person is not easy. And most people don't understand how to do that, much less live up to it, or not even to speak of living up to it. Uh, in some cases, living up to it is harder than figuring it out. And to some other people, 
figuring out is more difficult than than doing the right thing on instinct. So it depends on um, you as a person, and, and you also need to overcome that. Your words need to match your actions, and both are uh, need to rise to a high standard. So that's why I don't like this translation, failing to act on what is seen as appropriate. A uh, better translation would be something like um, to see what is righteous or to understand what is morally correct but fail to do it is to lack courage. That would be a better translation of this. Okay, so we're at the book end of book two. Um, and book two was, was very important. Uh, we have um, some understandings about government and its role in regulating the culture and inspiring the people to become more virtuous. And we see how that works through personal example, personal virtue, as well as, um, as, well as using Li. And so those two things are how people can be developed. Um, in book three, uh, we'll have more of Confucius discussing various uh, topics. Now, none of these books are very well tied together with a single theme. Uh, these books refer to the scrolls that these were written in. And after Confucius passes and, um, you know, people are thinking, okay, Confucius is really special. We should take our notes and compile them into um, some of these books and then and preserve them this way. And so Confucius's students, his disciples, um, remember a disciple is a, is a student, a teacher disciplines. So these disciples have their own disciples. And then um, there's this need for this uh, collection of Confucius's teachings. So we're going to go into book three next. There's a lot of important information. Uh, I suppose this would be a good time to um, to uh, remind you um, that uh, if you want to um, advance the aims of the academy uh, and help uh, part, help contribute um, to the teaching that's going on here, uh, you can go to Rekindled Radiance dot com rekindled radiance dot com uh, go to the support us page on the upper right corner um, and there you can make a, a financial contribution um, as of right now um, I don't know of any other ways to make uh, contributions um, I'm still putting out these these lectures uh, the, uh, to discourse on the teachings of the past um, but uh, um, that of course requires a lot of time a lot of uh, effort and dedication so uh, the, the only current uh, way of um, contributing that I know um, would be useful uh, is currently financial um, if there's another way to go about that um, that I can think of or do, that you can uh, suggest um, let me know um, but um, other than that um, the next book is book three it's always helpful to read in advance uh, and the 
the translation again that I recommend is uh, the Roger Ames and Henry Rosemont one because you can see some of the very important philosophical terms uh, within the English um, is embedded within the English. So you get to see Li, you get to see Yi, you get to see Junzi, Dao, etc. It's, it's very helpful um, that way and it will help you follow the lectures. All right, um, you'll hear me in book three.